Hello, it's Jeff. Just before we get to the show, just a friendly reminder to hit follow or subscribe on your podcast app so it's downloaded and ready to go. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. It's apparently time to redefine the meaning of adult entertainment, where traditional burlesque meets modern-day cabaret and Fifty Shades of Grey. EB Entertainment, Inc.'s first season of Invite Only, Inc. presents The Essence of a Woman, hosted exclusively at Club Pro in Toronto, with a diverse cast of strong, beautiful women with extensive backgrounds in dance, burlesque, pole, aerial hoop performance. It's a production that merges the discipline of dance with the art of play. The Essence of a Woman is an immersive experience, a burlesque-inspired show covering multiple airs and themes that best identify the feminine persona. It's been described as unconventional, sexy, playful, exotic, and exploratory. It serves to highlight the majestic physical being of women whose flow and energy can be witnessed by all five senses, and the sixth sense, of course, the imagination, which we celebrate widely here at the Blue Hotel. And joining us now with more two strong and creative women the first voice you will hear is the creative director, producer, and choreographer who brings a performance background in dancing and acting alongside degrees in event planning and psychology. What a combination. Hi there, Stephanie Eby. Hi, nice to meet you. What a nice introduction. Thank you so much. You deserve it. I mean, what a background you've got. Now, where would you be without the other person in the room with us, photographer, producer, as it relates to the essence of a woman, the visual director. Tell us, Stephanie, a bit more about the other voice we're about to hear. Oh, my. Well, where would I be? Probably not that far without her. Definitely would say she is an integral part of this production, and she's also been an integral part of a lot of major projects that I would say have been pivotal in my own career. I've been able to be blessed to share them with her, so I would say that she's definitely an integral piece. And I joke a lot about saying she's kind of like the other half of the puzzle piece for me. I come with a, a very strong skill set on certain aspects that you so eloquently explained. But on the other half of it, I strongly believe that the person who's joining us, she is also very, very skilled in areas that actually amplify the experiences and the spaces that I hope to create because I do not have those skill sets and she's got those. So uh, definitely integral, and I definitely think she is very, very well aligned for this project and a huge part of making this project look as good as it's going to be. That's an introduction to Storm. Hello, Storm. Yeah. That was, wow, okay, damn. Somebody needs a raise. But I'm glad, you know, we've established who we're talking to, and I'm glad that you're both here. Tell us this. Tell us about what I understand to be the cheeky storyline through a woman's perspective of this production, The Essence of a Woman. Storm, you want to start? I will share very, very openly that you will have a night that you will never forget. I think the biggest word that we can kind of really expect uh, audience members to walk away with is that they were mesmerized. The feeling of being so present in a space, that time completely shifts, you know, the mood shifts, you're on this wave, you're riding this wave, and really you don't have much control, but in many ways, we kind of help navigate the narration in the room. And I think we do that in a very eloquent and very sexy and very classy way while creating a, a stage for empowering women. So when they walk into that room, they don't feel nervous. They don't feel, you know, judged or uh, objectified. So I think the beauty in what we're creating here is a safe space, a memorable and mesmerizing experience one that really pulls you away from the world and now into our world. I think to add to that, like going back to that question about how like, how is it cheeky? The essence of a woman uh, with the essence of the space and the principle of how we're redefining a space like adult entertainment, it inevitably already has a very cheeky side to it that um, maybe not everyone would use that term per se, in the, like traditionally in knowing that. But I think that's the goal is to shift it to that space to really 
define a space that can be seen as classy and be seen as eloquent, but still be seen as cheeky because yes, we do love sexy and we all love to see something a little sexy and a little bit like well orchestrated. And I use the word cheeky and I think it's a good word we've picked because kind of like wit, right? When it comes to intellect, you, you can appreciate someone who's really witty because it's like they're very smart, but funny when, when they do things. It's the same kind of concept with cheeky. It's like it's sexy, but well orchestrated. So it's done in a way that does not at what we like from adult entertainment, that nuance of, you know, a little bit of foreplay or striptease experience, but it's done with such a finished or polished product that it makes you feel like it's still a bit surreal, like as if it kind of ties back to that majestic of like, am I in a movie? Like, why is this so perfectly finished? I think of words like swagger, you know, which is sexy. Yeah. Yes, that is a great term. That is very not, I think people forget the meaning of swag, you know what I mean? And it's like that a little bit of attitude in the step. And I think that's so key to what we're having these women present and perform and you know really showcase in this entire production let's talk about manifestation and how it relates to this project take us back a bit to when you're um, brainstorming and thinking about it how did it swell from nothing to something this relationship actually kind of manifested prior to at a time when i didn't even see it coming um Storm and I actually were both involved in a previous project that I was directing with a different community initiative. And it just so happened that part of the vision for that had called for an adult entertainment venue. And we had gone to reach out to the adult entertainment venue and, um, you know, just see if they would allow us to use that space for a different purpose for film. And during the time that we had gotten the approval and we were actually doing the filming, uh, they had seen the capability of the work that was being produced and what the talent was capable of doing. And just from a directing perspective, what um, what the relationship looked like for me with those dancers. And I think that they were just very impressed overall with our professionalism and everything that we had developed. A couple months later, the owner had reached out to myself to ask if I would be interested in producing a burlesque production for their space said I was very interested but it might not be right now because I needed a second like these productions when and I'm sure Star you can definitely uh, uh, relate to this is when it comes to these productions because we come with the artistry first in a way like we both have a soul connected to the creative it's like when you're in productions it like rips your whole heart and soul out and in a way it's amazing because it's like you're bleeding out on the floor and everything you got to give is on that stage and everything that has like the work is your like it's yours to give but at the end of those productions it's like you go from a high to like a low and you're in like rest- like you got to restore for like a little bit there's there's a restoration stage so when you're going through that stage, it's like you can't even fathom the idea of going into another production just yet because you almost have to go through a rebirth to be ready to say like, okay, let's fly again, you know? I feel like it's kind of interesting, like with these types of experiences, we got to that place and we had said like, listen, I'm actually, I was personally traveling out to LA for a little bit. So I had said, I need to hold on this production, but we can like put a pin in it. And when the time comes, we'll talk about it. As you say, manifestation, I've always like believed that you can put something on the universe and I don't know, everyone has different like signs and ways that the like God or the universe talk to them. Mine work in like volumes of two years. I've noticed it. It's like, I'm like, I want this now. It's like two years from now usually is when it actually hits. So ironically, this kind of hit that same timeline. It came very unexpected. I was personally hitting like a a hedgeway in my career where I was facing like uh, some uphill battles on one end. And then I was also needing to make decisions on where that was going to lead me. And this production serendipitously kind of fell back on the table as something to consider. And, uh, I, you know, you get into that stage in your life where sometimes you learn to like fight for your life on your artistry. And I was like, okay, I think this is the time where we're going to go for a pitch on something that, you know, has like been an idea a couple of years ago, but nothing like truly like forecasted. And I thought about like, okay, who do I see helping actually bring this vision to life and producing it to the degree that I hope to see it become? Because, you know, you don't put these things out for like half-assing anything. You go for the full shot. And I was like, okay, I called Storm and I said, so what are you doing for the rest of this year? You got some big plans yet? 
She said, well, you know, I've got like a few projects on the go. Yeah, like there are some things bubbling, but why? And I was like, I'm ready to pitch a pretty damn big production and I'd like you to be a part of it. Are you up for the idea? So the conversation began and then we started to orchestrate and naturally the two of us ran down a rabbit hole of amazing ideas and so many that we had to stick a pin on some of them. And we were like, wait, hold, oh, wait, yes. Okay, no, that one, maybe not. No, not yet. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it orchestrated. We went together. We built the entire pitch um, in terms of just what the vision was, what we hoped to achieve with it. And we went back to that club. And ironically, they told us, I remember the first time we crossed Storm, you probably remember this. They said, oh, yeah, actually, we were about to sell our club about four, like four or five months ago. We were like down to the final signatures to like officially send off. They had kind of given up on the dream of what their space could become because, you know, unfortunately, they've been categorized in a very specific point of view. And when Storm and I came back and we pitched this, it felt like almost like life came back into the room again. And everyone was like, let's do this. And that's kind of how it began. Storm, what might you add to that in, in terms of manifestation, in terms of the upswell of this project? Yeah. In terms of manifestation, so um, when I was younger, I really loved going to like endorsement events. Like I loved Circus Away, um, and I just loved the feeling of being sort of like immersed into a whole different world and being taken on a journey. In terms of like my artistry, like I do come more from like the fashion sense or like the art, like the musical sense, or like for example, I work a lot with artists, so like. I always thought about like how could we combine different art forms in a space on a stage and make it a place for people to feel like there's more than just, you know, one art form that they're coming to see. And that was something that I've always wanted to like envision in the space. And when Steph kind of was like, yo, this is something that is on the table. I'm like, this is exactly what I've envisioned. It's just now we've got strip poles and we've got, you know, burlesque and we've got like all these other facets. So it was definitely a very beautiful manifestation in just my personal dreams, being able to take part in terms of the, like, the visually directing it in terms of like little things, nuances that kind of help tie back in the, the dancing to the artist, then to the performers themselves, and then back to how the audience receives it. Um, you know, and I get to live in a space that is very secular to what I come from, where I'm brought in, where I find my sort of strengths. And it feels good, you know, so like I definitely feel like in many ways this has been a manifestation brewing and this is like sort of like my first step into the space to really like go from start to finish with a partner and build this and see where it can go. And, you know, and I hope to like continuously build and build and build, whether it's within the costume realm, whether it's in with like special appearances, if that's something that down the road we start to evolve into the space, you know. Um, so it's a very beautiful thing and like manifestation is a genuinely real concept. I believe in it very, very much and it's nice to see it in this way. So it's good, you know? Yeah. Going through a lot of the career and the steps that you do in your career, you always like one of the biggest things I've learned through it is when you work as an entrepreneur and you also work in the arts and entertainment industry, you're constantly trying to find like who is your people kind of thing. Like who is your like Who's like your family, like your team family that like knows how to like level at the same standard as you and has the same big dreams as you or at least the same tier of dreams as you and stuff. Um, and even though it may look different, it like you still kind of like see it together. It's almost like if you painted a picture, you both would have different types of paintbrushes stroking. But like at the end, it would all look really, really cool. But you both have the same goal of a vision like Storm. When I had met her um, at the time, she was working on something like a pro uh, project on her side for like a massive fashion show. And an artist that I was managing had gotten invited to be a part of it. And I had met Storm just in passing through that process and was like, damn, like she's got some great style. Like, I don't know who that woman is, but I definitely want to know her. When the project kind of fell that this with the relationship with the club and all of it, Storm and I had reconnected recently prior to that because something she hasn't mentioned yet is that she actually comes from a background in photography. She's very talented at photography. So the visual art is very much there. And um, I had hired her at the time to work with me on that project because I wanted a good photographer. I wanted a female representative who would make other women feel more comfortable, especially ones who are growing in that space and are maybe like already used to it yet. And so that was kind of the Mary of how we reconnected. And then Storm was like, I like it. I want to be involved. And it just so happened that like she came right in at the timing of like so many pieces of this project at the time it did. 
And to think back, like all the times we had connected and the like late nights and the hours we didn't understand why we were choosing to connect and spend time together. It's like it all manifested to be like, right, because this was one of your people. I mean, and I also say, and to your point, trust the timing of your life. Things happen when they should somehow. And people, a philosopher once said to me, and it sounds a bit selfish, but I didn't take it that way because he's not a selfish man. He said, Jeff, people come into your life when you need them. And it's that simple. So you needed each other. And here we are. Yeah, the manifestation at its finest. Right? Uh, this podcast, The Blue Hotel, was born out of a desire to normalize and promote conversation about sex and sexuality and pleasure and diversity, open-minded, shame-free, inclusive. Tell us about your motivations in the projects like this one you produce and perform in. I mean, you touched on how it's in your heart to do and it's all left on the stage and it's 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 all encompassing and it's it's everything but tell us about the motivation in, in the specific projects that you choose to do you know i come from a very traditional home you know so like things like sex isn't just like openly conversated on i'm very lucky that i have like my mom who's very open and understanding that like our generation is essentially surrounded by it when you look on social media to like what you're like constantly digesting in terms of like anything that you're reading. So, and also at the end of the day, like the terminology of sex sells is a true concept in terms of marketing, in terms of branding and things of that nature. So I think for me, like as especially a South Asian Tamil woman, it's very weird. Like when I'm talking to my cousins, I'm like, this, this is what I'm like producing. Or when I'm talking to investors that come from my background and they're, you know, their conversations are like, oh, like, you know, a little like, oh, are you like walking on eggshells? And it's like, no, like at the end of the day, like you're telling me that you don't have pleasure. You don't have like drive in that space. You don't have desires. Everybody has, you know, a co connection or a connotation to that exact thing that pretty much births us all. And I feel like what my intentionality in this space, not only is it from passion and from creativity and from art, um, and obviously like, again, going back to like, everything being the eyes of the perspective of a woman and recognizing her in this space that is so traditionally run by men. I want to change the terms and the terminology behind what adult entertainment is. So right now when you think about terms and terminology, you know, you think of like very like shameful things, right? We think about ways in which people are feeling uncomfortable in that space. So almost like have to like put a hood on them and kind of walk in, you know, like almost uncomfortable and like scared and nervous of being judged you know so i think the terms and the terminology of adult entertainment needs to be changed i think we are at the forefront of really reiterating that bringing a level of like we said before class elegance uh you know prestigiousness like bringing it back to like back in like the 20s and the 30s and the 40s where it's like you would go there and like not not shame on women and like just go and see them pop and pussy it's more like I want to like dine with you. I want to give you like my attention. I want to receive it. I want to, I want to be immersed in your mystery, you know? And I think that is truly where my, me fundamentally I'm coming to space. Cause like, I don't want to be shamed for this position. I don't want to be like looked at wrong and negatively or anything like that. So it starts with being part of the change. Right. So being a South Asian woman, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put my head up high and be like, yeah, like, I'm, you know, yes, the venue's at a strip club. Yes, get over it. You know, yes, people have desires and this out of the third. Yes, they want a bathroom dance. Yes, it's out of the third. Who cares? At the end of the day, who am I to judge someone else's needs? Who am I to judge someone else's life values, life goals? At the end of the day, we're in a place right now where we see the like viability and the, and the variability of what people's needs and desires are. And I respect them. You know, as long as my space is respected, I feel that I'm empowering other women to step into this world and recognize themselves. I love it. And things that you said about decades gone by, the roaring 20s and, and so on. I'll tell you a couple of things. The word that came to my mind when you said all of those things was reverence. How can we not have reverence for these beautiful things? We came into the world because of sex. Uh, I mean, ultimately. Yeah. And, and our body parts weren't given to us by whomever, whatever creator, just for procreation. We have nerve endings. We are here to have pleasure. 
but I have reverence for all the things he said, and I have reverence for the show. Having seen a teaser, a trailer, a video of, I guess, of rehearsals, and it's absolutely stunning, both in, in visually, um, the choreography, the music, everything about it is appealing, and, and I have reverence for it. So well done. I can't wait to see it. The long time woman. I can relate into what Storm said in terms of growing up in a traditional home. Like I grew up in a very Catholic home, like very much God forward. It actually was shamed, the conversation of sex, unless it was for procreation. Um, and it made it very difficult for me, I think, through growing up, trying to figure out who I was or where I stood in terms of my sexuality and embodying like the normalcy of conversations around sex. Um, and I think that journey has been a really long journey for me, and it's still a journey I'm going through. Um, I think understanding uh, both that side of it and also growing up in the dance community and being a performer myself, I'm so used to being body shamed. I mean, like as much as people look at me and sometimes, you know, now, because now is the end thing to have a big ass and everything else. Now I'm like highlighted. However, it doesn't, I've been through a lot of stages and I still deal with a lot of stages of body shaming, whether it be people accusing me of having a fake body or that my body is, um, you know, not the best shape to be wearing that outfit or whatever it is. And you're constantly sizing yourself up in a mirror, always like wondering if you're good enough and if you're pretty enough and what you need to fix to be better. And like, it's been a constant thing that I've grown up with my entire life. And, um, you know, it's something that I got to the point of feeling exhausted to be like, I don't want other people to feel this. This is so not what people should feel. You should feel beautiful in whatever the heck you look, whether your hair's down to your ass or right like or bald it doesn't matter you're still hot if you carry it it's all within and I think that message was really important to me when I started to think about this type of production and anything that I was doing when I, I started to move into directing and producing it was about really remembering the importance of storytelling and that you know no matter what you're creating and putting out in the world art is a storytelling form like it is still there's a message behind it and um I think my biggest goal is like, as Storm said, number one, like I want people to start to normalize like adult entertainment does not need to be something that is shamed. There are different levels to adult entertainment. The same way there are different levels to how much you love cuisine. You could try like an Italian salami sandwich and say, it's cute. We liked it. Sandwich was good. You could fall in love Italian and go, oh, I only eat Italian when I go out for dinner and I want a three course meal with the caprese salad and everything else. I want a chef who speaks Italian. You can also fall in love with Italian food and go all the way to Italy, right? Like it, there are degrees to what what your degree of what you like is. And I think that's exactly how I want to start to have people understand how to appetize adult entertainment. Like, okay, what about the couple who's been together for a few years? They're maybe even married and they need a spark again. They just want a date night out. And yeah, they've done a thousand dinners and like drink nights and that's fun and all, but like they want somewhere to go that's a little bit more fitting for them, a little bit of like a place to create a spark or an adrenaline rush again. Uh, maybe reignite the like love between the two of them that they haven't had in a minute, you know? Where does that live? And I think a huge part of that question mark is like, sure, you can go to places like, um, you know, Elgin Theater here, Alexandra Theater and see a traditional theater show. And sure, there are places like Kinky Boots have done a great job at like showcasing to a degree, you know, opening us up to different conversations and a version of sexuality. But where do we go from there? Like what, how do we push the envelope past the theater and start to immerse, as we've said, like into a space where you can feel like you belong, but also like is safe enough to explore and not feel like when someone says, Hey, do you want to go out to like something a little bit more risque? You're immediately attaching it to, okay, it's a strip club, which means like girls are going to be in the room taking off their clothes it's going to be uncomfortable they look like they've had maybe too much to drink or they're not mentally there like or men who are misusing the environment or you immediately assume sex clubs that means i have to go naked and now everyone's got to see me and i don't know if i'm ready for we jump to such extremes right like the conversation is always okay it's porn okay it's sex clubs okay it's like strippers in the back and they're doing like it's just all these ex extreme scenarios instead of being like okay but I didn't ask you to go to a sex club. Although, if you end up liking where you end up playing here at this playground, there's always a space to find that exists more, right? Like, you don't have to go there. It's just understanding, like, how do we make it part of the culture that there is a piece that exists that lives to say, like, I am more playful, but I want to play within, like, a little bit more of a safer realm that I feel comfortable. And so I think this is a perfect type of show to help create that appetite for the environment of our society that's constantly changing its views and constantly evolving to be like hey like 
there is a nook or like a niche that lives that helps kind of branch the difference between like uh like a night out that I want to go experience these experiences whether it be these cool like restaurants light bulbs that like do it at night for igloos in the winter or whatever it still lives in that world but it's done in a way that can also like live in the space that helps you explore your sexuality like you might grow with, uh, I mean, my goal is that you come into that show and you probably leave being like, wow, I feel like something about me has flourished, whether it's, wow, I actually realized I can appreciate as a woman, other women, or I can appreciate myself because someone on that stage represented me. And my God, my body's like that too. And like, I didn't know I could maybe move like that or like that I could be seen like that, you know, like I want something to trigger to remember like the beauty of who we are and what we come from and what we are like meant to do, if that means like is if that is something um and then tying back to the other side i think from a dance community perspective there's been a couple of like sides of it that i've really wanted to achieve from this one of them being that i wanted to really discuss the body shaming and like just finding a way to do it in a really tasteful way again like let's normalize that women there are still women who like my like us that they grew past 18 years old and they still want to dance, but maybe they're not the person who got picked up for the national ballet. And maybe they're not the person who unfortunately is going on tour with Chris Brown or whatever it is. Right. It's just, but they still have a passion for it and they don't know where to take that. So they go to these classes and they invest in heels classes and they go take pole classes to make themselves happy for self-love, but then they get the skill set, and where does it go? They don't know. So this production was that goal was to say like, okay, where do we house people who do still care and invest in what they do for a living and love what they do? They're passionate about it, but they don't have an outlet to put it that is not in the traditional means of routes that we expect. And so again, finding new facets and paving new ways for people to say like, hey, there is a space that you belong. And I think that side of it helps not only us work on dismantling the shaming around body, like dysmorphia, dysmorphia or like cultural shaming, But it's also creating a space for us to say like the investment and the spaces that you choose to spend your money on your extra time outside of that job that's helping you pay the bills is actually there is a return on that investment and it does live and it does exist and it there's no oh well it's because you didn't come from a rich family that you didn't get it i mean like we've been very very conscious of that through this process is like who we selected for like who they're representing and what we're trying to represent and also understanding that even our understudies that we chose to like take on that they can come from a background of understanding they didn't need to be in dance for ballet for 14 years for them to be able to be considered for this they are somebody who maybe is more traditionally been grown up in the street industry or like been able to do more classes through drop-ins just based on culture and affordability and what they could handle based on family and they still can belong here so i think it's constantly trying to like it's pulling from so many angles that we hope to achieve. And those are goals that I personally have because I just think we can make this world a better place without spending so much energy shaming and more more turning that shame into like embracing, understanding, open-mindedness. Like why? Why not try it? Why not? Why are you so, why are you projecting that fear? Where is it coming from? What, what happened that you, we need to help dismantle to understand that like, no, that's just a belief system. That's not, a fact. You're speaking my language. You're speaking the language of the Blue Hotel. I said, you know, we're shame free. And you said the F word a second ago, the F word being fear. And I really think fear is at the heart of all of shaming. What are people, aff- let's dig into that a little bit. What is shaming about? If someone wants to shame you for how you look, how you, uh, how you speak, how you make a living, how you, how you operate in the world, how you think, where does that come from, you figure? I just off the top, when you say shame, I define shame as, let's just take even two people, right? This is sort of like how I see relationships. I see every conversation. It's like I'm holding up a mirror, not facing me, but facing themselves. And they're looking at their reflection with the mirror that I'm holding. And we're doing this thing. And they're doing the same thing this way. But really and truthfully, it's that relationship with ourselves that we project onto others. When we think of shame, it's really like, I don't feel so great about myself. I'd rather pull you down to make myself feel a little bit better versus doing the actual work. And like, it's funny because, you know, Steph was talking about body shaming. So as a professional photographer who's been doing this for like 12 freaking plus years, 
I have seen so many different faces, bodies, attitudes, characters, personalities, everything. And working with different, different people, speaking, trying to speak their language to make them comfortable. And also disregarding myself, because of course, me being a photographer, I'm looking at your best angles, right? I'm trying to capture your best angles. And then I think about, oh, well, I need to go to the gym. You know what I mean? That's like my first, usually my first initial conversation in, in myself. I'm like, oh my God, I gotta go to the gym. I gotta get my eyebrows done. I gotta, you know, and I think coming from that space, but then also recognizing myself in terms of shame and recognizing the shame that I put on myself, you know, I stepped into this as much as this is like so risque and very like, you know, scary for me because I don't come from such a, you know, like this space. Um, I, I'm using it as a personal tool to, you know, be more mindful of my thoughts on other people or my regards on other people. And in many ways, it could be definitely shame. And then my insecurities of myself and how I project that into other people and where that comes from, really dissecting that. And then recognizing how easy it is to flip the narrative just within yourself and how that easily transitions and changes your, I guess you could say, charisma and your attitude towards it. Like, you know, I... I'll say this honestly and blunt, like bluntly, like I don't feel always the best in my body. It never always feels great. And like being more of like a heavier top front, like it's tough because you get, you know, nicked and picked for everything, you know, like to this day, my mom will be like, why aren't you wearing a bra? And like, you know, I just don't like it. But you know what? Because of the way the world works, when I go outside, I'll have to wear a bra because of the way my mind is traditionally thinking and the way my, my mind has sort of consume the world and so when I step into rehearsals or when I step into meetings or when I step into these spaces like look right now like I'm not wearing makeup you know I'm wearing what I'm no, beautiful honey I would have I would have guessed you were wearing makeup see and that's that's the that's the transition that's the transition that this particular project has allowed me to start dissecting in myself and the purpose of really pushing this narrative as I'm speaking to each individual is that, is that you can shame somebody, but what do you gain from shame other than self-sabotage? I think shame as a whole is just a projection of internal insecurity. I think that it's usually when we don't understand that we have a harder time, like we tend to shame because we're coming from a closed-minded point of view instead of flipping that narrative in itself to just say, Help me understand why you think that way. Help me understand what makes you think that. Like, I want to level with you. Instead of us coming at it vulnerably, we come from a place of ego a lot. And when we feel like our ego has been hit and our pride hits and we're like, oh my God, why are they like indirectly judging me? That's the thought process. We shame in return. And it's like, but why? Why are you shaming when maybe this is an opportunity to actually connect? You know what I mean? To help further your growth and your understanding of this world and the way people work and why. So um, just to add to Storm's explanation, I would say for me, it's definitely about seeing shame as something that comes from an internal projection because of unhealed wounds um, that we need to address. And some of that definitely, I I strongly believe a lot of it is embedded from our, our upbringing and our environment and the belief systems that we've been taught. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the belief systems or the people who have taught us that are bad people because they're also only operating off of what they know and what they've been grown as. And they've only grown as far as they could based on what they came from. So it's almost like every generation is to a degree helping grow a little bit more into like a, a more open, mo- open-minded, optimistic mindset. But you also are in control of your growth and shaming is when you're really just projecting that your growth isn't moving as much. So like it's an opportunity to help do some self-work, you know, because why, why are we making everyone else feel uncomfortable for what they, they enjoy doing? Then you don't have to be in that space. You can choose not to be. We live in a world where you do get choice, you know, at least we live in Canada. So I would like to think that we have a pretty, we do have a pretty good for that. You know, you can choose not to surround yourself with that, but you can also choose to do so and not shame someone in the process, but be vulnerable and allow yourself to just say, like, I don't know, I'm nervous but I'm here for it, you know? And there's such there's such a, a stronger endearment attached to that. Like people want to actually spend more time with you because you're being vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is at the essence of everything we're doing, you know? Like 
we say it to the girls all the time. Like we recognize that, you know, all the rest of the world, they see you as sexy women. Like, you know, every one of you is just sexy, hot. You all are just 10 out of 10, 20 out of 10s. Okay. But internally, they're dealing with their own self-hate and their own self-negative talk. And they're also dealing with their own fears. And and then to ask them to be dancing like this and be like, you know, I want to see you move like this and slide your body up against that floor and turn your body over and whip your hair around like it's the best thing you're playing. That's vulnerability. That's so hard to hit. But if you can allow yourself to be willing to strip away all of the belief systems and just, you know, immerse yourself in a character for a minute to allow yourself to just get there. You become a god to someone else because someone's going to look up to you and be like, I want to get there. Internally, I want to get there. And you just inspired me to get there. So there's this like constant stripping of layers. And it's funny, we just talked about it, but I just want to say this last thought is the other day I actually was working on this and I was telling Storm about it like right after it happened, but it went off instincts. We were in a training session. I was training the girls just this week and one instead of they're usually they get after their warm-up time they'll work on like some sort of dance technique or i'll give them an exercise and this week specifically i was like okay our marketing campaign is about to release next tuesday and i know that you all are going to self-loathe yourselves through this because you're going to see yourselves in these like sexy moves and sexy positions and even though the rest of the world's like you're gonna be like oh my god right because it just happens we just we do it, especially as women, because we're so used to being sized up. Um, and I had said, okay, let's work on that negative self-talk today. And I want you all to take talk three affirmations out loud to yourself. Go sit in the mirror. You, I want you to set your computer up just to the side so I see you staring at yourself in the mirror. I don't need to see you. It's not for me. I want you to repeat after me. And I made them repeat these self-talk words and what these positive things are. And some of them got very emotional and it was almost like this like moment of like, I didn't realize how hard it is to say that to myself. And then to also teach them, I said, okay, what are three things you hate within yourself right now? Like if you look in the mirror and you're like, my nose, my eyes, it's the way my hair sits, whatever it is, right? I was like, I want you to change that narrative and I want you to flip the script and say three positive things about the things you hate the most. Like if you hate your nose, I love my nose. I'm so glad I can smell wow, I really like my eyebrows, you know, once lifted up a little bit more and it's kind of hot. Like just teaching your mind to say that because the shame starts from within. And if you shame it, how is anyone going to be attracted to that energy? Storm and I are not just working on portraying it to the public for like the idea of what we're doing. We truly are working very actively, even within the team to embed this type of like understanding that like these types of little nuances of how we treat each other and how we talk and how what we say to ourselves and how we approach things, it needs to live within the actual essence of the build, like of the the family. Because how are you going to exude that if you're not actually fostering it? You've just supported uh, what I said in the intro to you, uh, Stephanie, is that uh, psychology was something you studied extensively. It is. That's the, it's funny. I always say people don't, like I, not everyone does, but a lot of like close-minded views, uh, like from, you know, back in the day have more of like a, where is psych live in all of this? You know, they don't understand the value of psychology. It sounds like I just took it to like take school, you know? I'm like, I don't think you realize that everything in life is at the essence psych because when you sell or you market or you talk to people or you connect with people or you make a story or you write a podcast, it's all around psychology. It's around the human mind and how we connect to it. So I actually think it's a great asset that I'm very grateful for because it helps me I feel like be a little smarter with approaches and strategies, you know? It's a lot smarter. Uh, and you know what? Sexy is uh, intellect. And you know what? Sexy is no matter what else is going on, when you enter a room and you lead with a smile, which you guys do, there's nothing more beautiful than that. And you, you're both smiling right now because you oh get God. it, don't you? It's a lot. The, you, you emanate who you are through your eyes, through your face, through your smile. You know, funny enough, so my actual, like my legal name is Sasmita. And in translation from Sanskrit, it actually translates to one with a beautiful smile. <laughs> I'm forever always smiling. So I joke around my, when my mom birthed me and they named me, they had no idea it meant that way. But every, every, if you look at every single photo when I was a kid, it's like fixed, like ear to ear. So like I find... It's, you are who you are. You know, you are what your name is. And I do believe the smile can go million miles farther than anything. 
you know, no matter how you look. Smile is one thing everyone in the world can understand. Exactly. I love it. I'm going to go a little deeper on something that has to do with women, because this is really, to me, a podcast about women for women and for men who need to know a little bit more about how you tick. I was watching George Clooney's fabulous and influential wife, Amal, and they have the Clooney Foundation for Justice uh, and, and the latest post on Instagram. Amal was speaking to how there are 120 plus million girls around the world not in school for a reason and how each year an estimated 12 million girls are victims of child marriage. So uh, girls as young as 12, 13 years old, when they can procreate, often become pregnant by men who don't care and they're removed from school. So these girls that were set up for opportunity, or so they thought, in a wonderful country like Canada, as you alluded to earlier, are not going to school for that reason. I just got to thinking, when I see somebody like Amal, or when I see somebody like the president or prime minister of uh, New Zealand, or when I see somebody like AOC in the U.S. political system, I think um, we need more women leading. And, and, and you guys are clearly leaders in the entertainment field. Who are the people in your lives, females, that have been most influential, impactful on each of you? Wow. Who wants to go first, Stephanie or Storm? I grew up always remembering and reminding myself that I am the sum of all people. You know, as much as we are individualized in society, whether it be our name to our titles to who we're associated with, I am the sum of all. And when I say that, I do primarily think about the women in my life because through their own struggles have allowed me to step into my power and recognize myself in every situation. And when I think about the women currently in my life, you know, stemming from my mom to my best friends, they all have showed me how to step into my power when I am at my weakest. And they become my power line when I am at my weakest. And that level of inspiration goes beyond like mind or matter because it's so spiritual. And I think that's the beauty of womanhood. You know, we carry a level of essence in who we are, the way we vibrate, the way we mature, and the way we kind of continue to walk this life. And I think that it's so emotional, like even just me thinking about her saying it, I just like my heart tightens up. And there's this book that I'm actually reading. It's right there. It's called Women Who Run With the Wolves. And it's a beautiful book about womanhood and the connotations of which this author relays back to being a wolf and running with a pack and the essence of who she is and how it's so spiritual and that really truthfully when you really think about it women are so one of a kind for that exact reason spirituality nurturing and this might be a weird twisted way of saying like i understand why they are you know having these girls in wedlock and this that and the third at such a young age because they crave that they they need that but unfortunately what they have not realized is doing that cuts off this woman from her power source. And that is the true reason why they do such things. With womanhood, as a woman starts to grow and mature and step into her body, physically, metaphysically, spiritually, she starts to learn how much power she really has in just the palm of her fingers and how easy it is to tap into that and the beauty that I have is that the people that I'm surrounded by, like my mom, like my best friends, they remind me of that exact essence every single time I pick up the phone and have a conversation. And that is like beyond inspirational. That gives me purpose. I, I will cry as many tears. I'll take as many bullets. I will, you know, throw myself under the bus a million times over those people because I am constantly reminded of my own strength, my resilience, and my power, and my love, right? Storm, that's so good. 
if ever there was someone to be the visual director on the essence of a woman, it's the person that just said all of that. Right. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> right? Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, you've had all the time in the world to think about who you would like to shine a light on as a person who was very impactful, a woman on you in this lifetime. You know what? I'm definitely going to give this full credit to my mom. I think um, my mom and I have had such an interesting relationship because she's been a part of sometimes building some of the belief system that I'm trying to dismantle. Some of it is knowing that my mom has undoubtedly been there even when it hasn't made sense or when we're having that fight. It's that loyalty and the wolf pack feeling that like Storm was speaking to. I also think like, you know, recognizing that my mom comes from an environment and upbringing that is exactly the environment and upbringing I'm trying to, to a degree, help open the mind of and help dismantle and ask the questions. I think I value my mom's input in my life so much because she has not only been the one to help shape me, but she's also the one that I'm practicing to challenge, if that makes sense. And I think that my success a lot of times is measured by how much growth my mom has had. Because if you had asked my mother 10 years ago that her daughter was going to be running a strip club show, she would be like, excuse me? And it would never be even a fathomable discussion. And to see the growth, to be at a place where my mom is now saying, like, she was the first one to be like, I believe in this. Like, if, if they don't buy into this, we will find someone who will. Like, that's how for it she was. And I think to a degree, she still is uncomfortable and she knows that she's not fully immersed in that space, but she's willing to meet me there. And she's willing and she's buying. She bought tickets without even asking for a discount. She was like, I'm coming out of support because I, I support the cause. And I think there are so many female influences. I think Storm worded it so well. Like I, I fully align with her on that. Like there's so many people who influence every decision you make. And honestly, from a female perspective, I could go on about from the inspirations of the Periscope Bells or the Beyonce's or, you know, different people from the industry or even the Cardi B's and JLo's and what they did with Hustlers. Like there's so many people on that front I could speak to that I definitely ha think have played an influence in the direction of where this went. Even Christina Aguilera, Cher, like all the movies and stuff that have played some sort of influence on why we got to this part of a funnel. But I think even on a personal level, as Storm spoke to, you know, you get to know the insecurities and the highs and the lows and the, the things that make a woman feel so damn good and what doesn't. And it's not the same for everyone, but I think that appreciating that the life you're given is there so that you can immerse yourself in every layer of the individuals and the relationships you build throughout the years as you grow, it plays an influence even though you don't realize it. Like I can think, I could pinpoint any person who has touched it, whether it be work moments where I've even seen a female not believe in herself enough to think she's worthy of asking for that upgrade on a, a job, a title or a paycheck or to see someone face a, a stereotypical reason for not getting an opportunity or a racial uh, discrimination or something for that to be a, a roadblock for them. All of those things have played a part in kind of integrating who I am and why I care and what I think about and how that influenced me. So I think I couldn't say it's all one, but if I was going to give somebody credit to say, like, who has played a pivotal part, I think my mom has definitely deserves that credit because the generation she is, she's a perfect example of someone who should be coming in very close-minded. And the fact we've been able to grow together and her to be able to try to understand me and surrender to understanding I'm a different human who has different a different voice and a different goal in this life uh, and a purpose that is different from her because I think we all have a purpose in this life we, we bring a gift that nobody else has I think my mom understanding that and being able to level with me here I'm like I think you deserve the credit for this one and I think she'll hear this Steph and and she'll say to her friends have you heard the the blue hotel podcast <laughs> my daughter talking about me as the greatest influence in her life you really need to hear it she'll be sharing it with the world my role in this world, to your point, is to shine a spotlight on um, on, on others who are doing creative things, who are doing uh, authentic things, who are doing things that, that bring good and bring um, positivity to the world, as you both do. So Storm, like Prince, no last name, just Storm. I love that, right? <laughs> Stage name. Stage name. It's an alias. I mean, you know what? I, I never I never combed the name. People started calling me, and I was like, oh, I should go with it. So it's a great handle. 
and Stephanie Evie and, and, and this production, The Essence of a Woman. And, and all of that will live on. Everything we've spoken of in the last hour will live on in a timeless way because you brought a lot of uh, insight and uh, truth and authenticity and kindness to the Blue Hotel. So I thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's been such a pleasure. We hope to see you at the show and we hope that we, it's not the last time we get to connect to talk about all of these exciting things and what the new layer of redefining adult entertainment will look like for the next topic. I can't wait to see the show. I'm bringing a dancer and, uh, and she's thrilled to come see you guys so no thank you this has been an amazing experience and definitely very very well thought out in, on your end and felt good riding the wave thank you both come on let's go to the blue hotel please take me back to the blue the Blue Hotel Podcast, just about every Thursday at midnight Eastern. Follow, listen, enjoy, rate, review, share, repeat. Till next time, I'm Jack Woods. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.